Hello and welcome to another edition of the China in Africa podcast. I'm Eric Olander, and as always, I'm joined by Kobus van Staden of the University of Johannesburg Center for African Foreign Policy and Diplomacy. Good afternoon, Kobus. Good afternoon. Well, this afternoon we're going to turn our attention to、uh, East Africa.、Uh, our last show, we were over in Kenya talking about. Uh, the events that are going on、uh, with the Kenyatta's visit to to, to Beijing, but we're going to head south a little bit down to Uganda this time and focus on on really two key events there that seem to maybe give an indication of the way that relationships are going between China and Uganda. First, we're going to talk about、uh, this question of a Chinese company buying up the personal debt of、U、Ugandan MPs. Now, that is something that is.、Uh, A little bit shocking, and it's been a lot of coverage in the press over there. And then also, we're going to talk about the broader issue of Ugandan debt、uh, to China, and this is something that a lot of African governments are confronting. But in light of the fact that Uganda has recently come into, well, some would say a blessing, others say a curse of major, major oil and natural gas finds,、uh, it becomes very interesting as it relates to the Chinese. Okay, let's start on the micro side before we get to the macro side, Kobus, and talk to us a little bit about. What I would call the stupidest idea that I've ever heard,、uh, when it comes to a Chinese company which has remained unidentified, we don't know what Chinese company, but buying up the debt of legislators in Kampala. So this has got to be the dumbest thing I've ever heard. But walk us through what's going on. Yeah, this is this. I have to say, as being not Ugandan, this is not hundred percent easy to understand. But apparently. Ugandan MPs are lending massively against their salaries to the extent that some of them actually take home nothing at the end. Of, like apparently, thirty MPs literally take home almost nothing at the end of the month.、Um, keep in mind that these are some of the highest-paid people in the in the country.、Um, so they got into debt frequently with loan sharks,、um, and they they lent huge amounts of money、um, at quite high rates, some as high as thirty percent.、Um, so now. There's a whole bunch of MPs that are being、uh, chased by loan sharks and you know kind of you know kind of debt collectors to the extent that sometimes they lock themselves in their offices and they refuse to come out.、Um, so there is there in negotiation with with this Chinese company、um, who will buy apparently might buy up their debts and then you know kind of、um, basically refinance their debt and then、uh, you know kind of where they can repay it at a lower rate.、Um, And you know, kind of, this is this is causing a lot of a lot of conflict within the, the Ugandan press. <laughs> okay, so let, let and I was kind of shocked to hear this. That、uh, let's get to the salaries first.、Uh, as you said, they're one of the highest paid,、uh, you know, public servants.、Uh, I would say probably in in sub-Saharan Africa, they make seven thousand seven hundred U.S. dollars a month. That's a good salary. Uh, you know, at least that's what the Ugandan that's a press is saying. In, in South Africa, that would be a big salary. I mean,、yeah. listen, in a lot of places, that's a good salary. So, so they must be given out a whole lot of cash.、Uh, and the reason why this is causing such a stir is one: we don't know who the company is. But even if we knew the company, it would still be a terrible idea.、Uh, in part because there is a lot of business before this legislature、uh, regarding China, and so it just it is the, the optics of this are absolutely horrific. I mean, basically, it looks like、uh, you know. Chinese companies, and you know how a lot of people conflate China and Chinese companies. So it doesn't really matter if this is a private or a state-owned enterprise that's kind of you know proposing to buy off the debt.、Um, you know, people will just say the Chinese are doing it, and so if they get preferential treatment before this legislature because you know these people have had their debt wiped out. 
you know, that looks that looks terrible. Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of, it, it, it looks really bad. And, and rights groups, um, are, are, you know, kind of condemning it up and down. Um, it, you need to, one also needs to see it within the, the context that this week, I think it's this week, um, the Ugandan government, uh, announced that from now on, it's going to be illegal for people, for more than three people to meet publicly to discuss politics, quote unquote. Um, so now, if you want to just, to, to have a political discussion in a public place with more than three people, you need to apply to the Ugandan police seven days ahead, um, and they can they can basically shoot that down for, on for any reason. Um, so you have a, a clamping down of public discussion with a ballooning of of debt, you know, kind of um, among among the kind of the people in control, which means that you have the 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 ripest situation for corruption that you can imagine. Well, this is really the worst case scenario in many respects because this is this is in terms of what people have been fearing about China's engagement in Africa is that it will lead to more authoritarianism. Uh, there have been, you know, legitimate allegations of that in Ethiopia, where the Chinese have been involved in building up their digital infrastructure to censor information and to control, uh, you know, dissidents and opposition parties. Uh, we have been talking about this in the Zimbabwe uh, context as well, uh, you know, with Robert Mugabe and his his uh, his efforts to kind of uh, censor media and interfere with inter- you know communications, and so this is the. The, you know, the trend towards, you know, maybe, again, what people might suggest is that this is what happens when China becomes the major player and they don't actually put any pressure on, on African governments to reform. They don't hold any leverage when it comes to, you know, interfering in the domestic internal affairs of these other countries. So it allows, you know, rulers like Museveni to do these kinds of things without any consequence. So, you know, this is, this is really a bad thing. I would recommend, and I'd like to hear your opinion on this, that if I was in the Chinese Foreign Ministry in Beijing and I was hearing that a company was trying to buy up the debt of the of the legislators in, in Kampala, that I would move as quickly as possible to try and stop this because it could really complicate the foreign policy and some of the more diplomatic, the larger diplomatic agenda that they might have. Yes, absolutely. You know, kind of, I think it, it would play so badly, you know, in the international, in the international press, you know, kind of, it just looks bad from any angle. So I, I completely agree. Yeah. So, well, that's on the, the small level. But let's kind of step back now to the, you know, 25, 30,000 foot level or, you know, 10,000 meter level, if you will, and, and look at this as a whole. And one of the, uh, you know, there's the bigger concern that, uh, and this is an issue we've talked about in West Africa, particularly in countries like Ghana and Sierra Leone and these other small countries where, you know, I've talked, we've talked about this question of colonialism and how that's not the right word. And to me, a better word is a tributary state. And that was, that's a tributary state was where China used its incredible heft and size to exert influence and control over other countries. It did that for thousands of years in Vietnam. It's done it you know, in other parts of the world as well. And there is a precedent now being set for the fact that it is loaning so much money to countries like Uganda that they do not need to colonize the country simply because the Ugandans will be in so much debt to the Chinese that they will have to do what they want them to do, whether it's at the United Nations Security Council, whether it's on human rights delegations, whether it's at the International Criminal Court, any number of different forums that the, that the, that the Ugandans will be in debt to the Chinese in such vast sums that that will 
have a diplomatic influence. So, Cobus, walk us through some of the debt issues that are starting to raise concern among activists uh, and why this is something that we should all be worried about. Um, this is... I think, you know, kind of there's a connection between the, the, the MP's debt and the country's debt in the sense that Uganda seems to be jumping into lending like there's no tomorrow. Um, and Reuters this week published an article saying that, you know, there's, there's a, a rising amount of debt, um, Ugandan government debt, where they're borrowing against their oil reserves that are only actually supposed to be really coming, you know, coming into the market in 2018. So they're already stacking up a huge amount of debt against reserves that are, are still in the ground. Um, you know, so that's that's worrying. Um, you're talking, uh, you know, kind of in the Chinese sense, you're talking about, a, like, uh, you know, um, a lot of infrastructure, lending for infrastructure, including $1.4 billion for, for um, two hydroelectric projects. Um, and, you know, at the same time, this week, um, Yoweri Museveni, the president of Uganda, um, opened, you know, attended the the groundbreaking ceremony for one of these big dams. It was the Karuma and Dam. And in his speech, um, yes, um, in his speech, he was saying like, "Oh, you know, kind of this is so much, you know, the 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 relationship with China is, you know, kind of helps Uganda so much, but they're so different from all of these other other donors, you know, um, who who, who um, insist on all kinds of trivial details, you know, kind of for, in, in giving their, their their loans." And you're like, "Yeah, you know, <laughs> maybe not so trivial those details, you well, know, kind of considering." <laughs> I, I was surprised actually when when he came out so boldly and said that. I mean, he just just kind of laid it out and said, basically, we don't have any interference uh, with the Chinese. And, you know, whereas these meddling Americans and Europeans, uh, you know, are always trying to get in. I mean, he sounded a little bit Mugabe-esque when, when, when he said that. Did that kind of bring up, uh, uh, you know, some of the, the best lines from Mugabe, who is, uh, you know, and obviously we have on our, on our Facebook page a number of people who have, you know, talked to, you know, in, in very harsh terms against the Europeans for their meddling in, in African affairs. Uh, I, I just, that struck me, you know, in terms of how direct he was. Did that surprise you as well? Not really. Well, you know, I mean, it was surprising to read, but Museveni has a long, a long history yes, of saying does. exactly what comes into his mind. Okay. Um, what was what what surprised me even more was that um, a junior minister, the ju- this is a guy called Simon uh, Dujanga, who's the junior minister of minister of state for energy, at, um, was recently quoted as saying, um, you know, in terms of of getting more finance from China, um, that this is not the first time we've dealt with Chinese people. We can predict them you know we know we know how china works and we can predict them i'm like i don't know you know it's a little gauche to say that out loud a and b can you you know really well (laughs) it seems it seems very naive does it sound a little bit like after the nigerian presidential visit to beijing when they said it's free money you know working with the chinese i mean there's just but this is in some ways part of them getting to know each other is this over this exuberance and this this and this to me strikes me as a little bit of a misunderstanding that, you know, many of these African states may not fully understand the complexity of what they're up against uh, and, and potentially the dangers and the pitfalls of what they're dealing with. Uh, I, you know, I'm not suggesting that the Chinese have particularly an aggressive agenda, but, you know, we see this in the United States. It definitely limits our ability to criticize the Chinese when we owe them a trillion dollars. I mean, pure and simple. Um, and if there was ever to be a war or a tension with the with China, guess what? They're going to cash out their U.S. Treasury debt as fast as they can say sell, and that would would 
you know, completely tank the American economy. So leverage does come when you are in debt to another country. Yes, and I mean, you know, kind of as we discussed um, in terms of, of Kenya, Uganda and Kenya and Ethiopia and Tanzania are increasingly integrated regions. Um, you know, kind of so having this huge amount of Chinese debt in Uganda threatens the kind of future of, of the whole East African kind of development zone. Um, you know, so, so it's it just... It's dangerous. And also, I mean, who knows which way China is going in the future? You know, kind of China has its own very complicated bunch of issues that it's dealing with um, and a very, very nationalist, you know, kind of section of its population. So who knows kind of which direction China is going? Fair um, it, it just seems it seems short, short-sighted to me to not protect yourself. Yes, but but in, in, in China's defense, so I, I was playing the cynic earlier, now I'll con- come to their defense, you know, when it comes to the United States, and this has been the, 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 the paradigm that we have to reference here, um, you know, they have not brought up the issue of the debt. They have not used it as leverage in their discussions with the United States, despite the fact that the U.S. and China have a number of very, very potent differences, uh, you know, particularly over the Senkaku Diaoyu Islands in, in the South China Sea. You have not seen uh, the Chinese kind of use the debt as leverage. Now, that might be because the Chinese have as much to lose by using that debt and tanking the American economy as the Americans do, certainly with a trillion dollars. You know, when you, you know that expression, Cobus, when you loan somebody $10, it's your problem. When you loan, when the bank loans you a trillion dollars, it's the bank's problem. So, so that might yeah. be something too. Now, that won't apply to countries like Uganda. What I think is interesting is when I saw what we were preparing for for this show, it brought up to mind Ghana. And Ghana has gone through this very mature, a very inspired process of, okay, seeing how they are going to better manage their natural resources. They, too, have recently come into natural gas fines. And they have been bringing in the Norwegians to talk about how the Norwegians with stat oil have managed their funds. And you see, you know, Uganda and many Ugandas are behaving like drunk sailors in some respects, you know, whipping out the credit card, spending it on the future, the money that they don't even have. Uh, so it's a real contrast to see the measured approach by Ghana uh, and the, the less kind of disciplined approach by, uh, by Uganda. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, it, it makes me worried, I have to say. You know, kind of, I also don't think that China would necessarily even, ever act on, on, on the state. It just, you know, it, it weakens the state. To have a state that, that's, that indebted, weakens the state. You know, and, and in, in the, in the, the context of all of the other kind of issues that Uganda faces, um, you know, it, it's not good news. Well, listen, we've seen this story before. Uh, you know, these, a lot of these countries have been highly indebted to, to the West and to the International Monetary Fund and to the World Bank and whatnot, and they were never able to repay those debts, and the interest on those debts choked their economic development. Granted that the debt, the interest rates coming from the Chinese are significantly lower, uh, but they are interest rates nonetheless. So even 2% of a big amount of money ends up actually adding up. So it's something that is, is of considerable concern. Um, and some countries are going to handle this better, better than others. As we said, Ghana is doing what seems to be an admirable job. Rwanda is handling its finances very, very well. Uh, but it doesn't look like everybody's going to do it. So, uh, so what's your, when you look to, to Uganda-China relations in the next uh, you know, five to ten years, do you, do you see a situation where the Chinese you know, sense that there's a lot of natural gas and oil, sense that there is a, uh, a more autocratic leader, which they are comfortable with dealing, 
and and feel like there's an opportunity to be taken advantage of here. That that seems to be the way I see it, regardless of whether it's to the benefit of the Ugandan people. Yeah, you know, it's it's difficult for me to say exactly how China would would deal with this. Um, I tend to see it from the African perspective in, in the sense that, um, you know, kind of these kind of opportunities tend to act as a kind of a moral x-ray, you know, kind of where suddenly you, your morals become very visible, you know. Um, and if, if the Ugandan government acts in this way and if they, they are going in this, this tendency towards cracking down on public discussion and public dissent um, about, about how they run the country and the, the MPs are individually in debt and the country as a whole is heavily in debt. That tends to bring out the worst in any kind of government. Um, you know, and, and the fact that, you know, the, the Chinese financing might just act as a kind of a catalyst, you know, even you know, kind of whether, whether the Chinese are, are actively kind of taking advantage of that or, or not, it just is pretty much the spark, you know, kind of in, in, in this kind of volatile environment. Um, and yeah, it, it, it makes me worried, you know, kind of as I said about how things are going. Well, there's a lot of reasons for concern over what's happening in Uganda. We'd love to hear what you think, not only about Uganda, but the, the question of Chinese debt in Africa. Is it something that concerns you or is it the fact that, you know, the Chinese are loaning money at, at lower interest rates and with fewer obstacles. Is that something that's good to give an alternative to the World Bank and the International Monetary Fund? And again, breaking the chokehold of the West on Africa, which has used finance as definitely a tool of diplomacy to, in my opinion, to, to continue some of the, the colonial policies that were from the early 20th century. Uh, nonetheless, this is a different age and a different era, so we'd love to hear from you. The best place to reach out is to talk to us on our Facebook page at facebook.com slash China Africa Project. Kobus, can you believe that we are at almost 100,000 followers? That's amazing. It really is. It's yeah, really it, wonderful. It's just as mind-blowing. And, and our community is actually really dynamic. Uh, there's a very – we barely, mod, we barely uh, you know, moderate the, the page. I mean it's really a very mature page. So the discussion that you see is the discussion that's there. And, and what impresses me so much is how, how engaged people are. So if you really want to participate in an intelligent, dynamic, uh, sometimes passionate conversation on these issues, uh, this is a great place to, to come. Once again, it's China Africa Project, facebook.com slash China Africa Project. Uh, and so, but Kobus, if also people want to find you in addition to uh, talking to us on Facebook, where else can they find you on the internet? Um, I'm also um, on Twitter at Stadenesk. That's S-T-A-D-E-N-E-S. S-Q-U-E. And you can find me on Twitter as well over at E-O-Lander. That's E-O-L-A-N-D-E-R. Uh, we're also, we've got a blog at ChinaAfricaProject.com. And for those of you who speak Mandarin, Eric Meister, he's uh, handling our uh, our Weibo feed at Weibo.com slash Zhongfeixiangmu. That's China Africa Project in Mandarin. Uh, so you can follow us over there as well. So we're, we're you know, all over the web. Uh, and of course, if you want to follow our podcast, iTunes is the best place to go, but you can also find us in the uh, mobile app stores of Android and iOS as well. So that'll do it for this edition of the podcast. We'll be back again with another edition of the China in Africa podcast. Thank you so much for listening.